back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. To another episode of the Cattle Menu Podcast. I am so honored you chose to spend your time listening to this episode between Emily and I. Emily is a go-getter. She talks about how she transformed her life and business into creating and cultivating what works for her. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and I think you will too. And one of the big things that I take away from this conversation and following Emily on social media is anything is obtainable. We can do anything that we set our mind to, and it involves a little structure in our life, but we can chase those big dreams. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I do. I am excited to have Emily as our guest on Kettleman U podcast today. Thanks for joining me, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Why don't you start and tell us a little bit about your background and your involvement in agriculture? Absolutely. My name is Emily Rushell, and I live on my husband's family farm here in West Central Illinois, but I did not grow up in agriculture. I grew up in what I thought was a small town in Southern Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. I went to college in Central Illinois for elementary education. I thought for sure by the time that I met my husband and we had decided to move back to the family farm that you know, we'd be the the teacher and the farmer. Like, wouldn't that be so cute? I just really thought that'd be my career for the rest of my life. But over, you know, the course of the past six years or so, I've been through some pretty big changes from a professional standpoint that have really followed along my own um, personal growth journey. So after having my son, I, like I said, I had no intention of leaving the classroom. I just happened to find an opportunity at a local YMCA overseeing all youth and family programming, summer camp, after school, all stuff that was very much within my wheelhouse after coming out of education. But when I was there, being at a small rural branch, I really got to learn the ins and outs of so many different things, you know, budgeting, HR, how to how to fundraise, marketing, all these different experiences and professional developments that I had that made me realize, wow, like I'm good at other things. And there's this whole world out there that I didn't know was possible for me because I just had this one track mind of what I thought my life was going to look like. Halfway through my four years at the Y, I started a health journey that basically led me to what I'm doing today. I had this moment where I was six months postpartum with my daughter. I had no energy. I was totally depleted. Like the epitome of putting everyone else before the needs of myself was how I was living my life. It was at the end of summer camp. So I'd been running around for 12 weeks, you know, taking care of these hundred campers, like 15 staff while having a newborn and a toddler and the farm. And I was just completely depleted. So it was at that moment that I just really wanted to start doing things differently And I wanted to approach health differently than I ever had before. Like 
I wasn't in it for like a certain diet or elliptically to be a certain way. I just wanted to feel good. And so that's really when I started um, understanding habits and investing in personal growth and learning what podcasts were and just kind of this whole other realm that led me to start sharing about my journey online to connect with other real women who were interested in these kinds of things. And I know it sounds really cliche to say, but one thing led to another and now I'm doing what I'm doing today. I am a full-time entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, retreat host, all the things. Um, but basically the work that I'm so passionate about doing is helping rural women navigate their own personal and professional growth journeys to really build intentional lives that they love and whatever that looks like for them. I want to hit on two things. One, you said the YMCA in a rural town. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Growing up, we thought that the towns that had YMCA were the big towns. Mm-hmm. I remember being like when Bozeman got a YMCA, thinking it was the bee's knees. Like yeah. this is the coolest thing. We could go in. Bozeman's about 60 miles from the ranch. And so we'd drive in and our parents would go to Costco and they could drop us off. And it was as cool as cool could be. Yeah. And it just it's just funny. I mean, in Montana, we're so far removed from everything, but I just yeah. had to laugh when you said that. And the other thing that really stuck out is I think you do a lot of teaching still today. Mm-hmm. And Dave Ramsey, I remember him saying that he wanted to be in education without an education salary. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be a teacher, but he didn't want to make what teachers made. And so he made up his own job where he got to teach people, but he also got to control his income. And I also started in education when I was at K-State in ag ed. And I think it's so easy for us to have a passion for teaching, realize Mm -hmm. that the classroom, for whatever reason, isn't the right setting, and kind of forget that we might still have that teaching heart. But you definitely still teach all the time. I mean, on a regular basis, that is still part of your identity. Yeah. I'll have people ask like, oh, do you regret going to school for education? I'm like, no. Everything I learned, um, not only in school, but in my five years in the classroom, especially substitute teaching, it's like the amount of things that teachers are required to do and think about and process and bring to life on a daily basis, like that is an invaluable experience. And it is true. Like, you know, when I'm speaking, when I'm podcasting, when I'm asking questions and masterminds or at retreats, like it's no different than when I'm trying to bring students in the classroom, fourth graders along a journey. But now my students are, are women like me. And so it is really just a blessing to find how my heart for education and service has found its way in this world of agriculture. First of all, a world I never necessarily thought that I would be in. I always knew I wanted to live more rural than where I lived, but it's not like I could have ever predicted I would fall in love with a farmer and move back to the middle of nowhere. But really that was the catalyst that sparked me looking to find more people that I could connect with online, recognizing there was a gap of of women not necessarily talking about personal growth. And so that's really where I was like, well, if I don't see that, then why not me? And so that's why I started sharing online. Absolutely. How has 
entrepreneurism allowed you, especially on the farm, allowed you to be in the role that you are on the farm? Like the flexibility and the freedoms that being your own boss, like what are some of those things and how do you guys kind of ebb and flow your schedules and some things that you've learned being a part of the farm when you're your own boss? How does that kind of work for your guys' family? Yeah, I would say it has been such a blessing that we didn't even necessarily realize that we needed. Like I said, I've always had a job off the farm, whether when I was in the classroom or in the nonprofit space. But I remember the first harvest right after I had left the Y. And, you know, I was still kind of in the beginning stages of even just figuring out what it meant to be a business owner. But my stress level was so different. Even, you know, picking up the kids from daycare, navigating this, that, and the other. But it was like removing that element of like being somewhere else for 40 plus hours a week and driving to and fro there, like allowed me so much more flexibility and freedom in what our day looks like. It allowed me to be able to go ride with my husband in the middle of the day or when he's hauling grain, hop in for a semi load. Of course, I still wish that happened more than it actually did because I'm also busy in my own way, but it definitely allowed allows us to have more control of our time and our schedule. And, you know, oftentimes I book my speaking arrangements around, you know, when hopefully he's not necessarily implanting or harvest, although that always that always gets thrown off somewhere. But it allows us to be able to really, like you said, ebb and flow with what busy season looks like and have either one of us be able to step up and take over more responsibility in the home, depending on what the other one needs. Absolutely, which is such a blessing. Do you play a different role today on the family farm than you did when you first got married and moved home? I hmm, I wouldn't necessarily say I do in terms of like operationally, although I am really proud last harvest. I I had my first round of grain cart driving lessons and did a couple rounds by myself, which is very cool for someone who did not grow up on a farm. Okay. I'm sure someone listening to this is like rolling their eyes in the back of their head. But I think what's been really interesting in the work that I'm doing now is it's really changed my relationship with the farm because I have such a bigger understanding of what it means to be in agriculture because I'm connected with women in ag not even just all over the country, but also like Canada and Mexico. So I'm getting firsthand life experience from all of these different sectors of ag that I would have never been exposed to just just being on our own operation right here. So there will be things that come up in like mastermind conversations like related to crop insurance or or whatever. And I'll mention it to my husband and he's kind of like, how did you know that? And I'm like, like, it's so cool. I have this access to such a deeper understanding. So at this point in our, our life, you know, our kids are five and three. And so when farming season is busy, like my place is really being super mom, doing all the mom things. But I look forward to the day because I know it will come where I can be a more active participant from an operational standpoint. But at the end of the day, like, that's his job. I have my job. It's just really cool that now our worlds are merging more than ever. Some of the people he knows, now I know personally through my own connections. And so that's been a really interesting dynamic for us too, is, you know, he'll be talking about something or I'll talk about a podcast and we both know the same person. And he's like, wait, I never thought that like you yourself 
would would be connected to that. So hey ladies, are you looking for a way to gain confidence when it comes to working cattle? This summer we're hosting the first ever She's a Hand Ranch Camp in Montana. Our goal is to create a low-stress environment for you to learn the skills you're expected to know but never taught. You can join us on either May 25th through 29th or July 28th through August 2nd. Each camp is limited to 15 spots, so don't wait. You can grab your ticket today at the link in the show notes. We hope to see you there. cool about what you do and we talk about it at K-Rose a lot and it's always I sort of feel walking on eggshells when I describe it a little bit to ranchers but in agriculture I think we have to pick up some of the traits of corporate America and don't burn down the barn you know everyone listening don't don't shoot me don't you know when I say that but I do think that in order for the next generation to ensure the next generation of farmers and ranchers, we have to pick up some of these things of personal development, some of these things that you teach mm-hmm. to women in agriculture and rural America. Like we just don't have a choice. I think we have to get on some of these, right? And for some reason, ag businesses are missing some of these things that in your business and in my business are things we could not live without. Mm-hmm. Some modern technology, some structure, some outsourcing, some things that we don't even have a second thought of mm-hmm. that agriculture businesses don't even consider. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I have noticed is it takes a while for ag businesses to consider implementing these. And they're game changers. Again, they're things you and I do in business every single day that we don't even bat an eye at. But there are farms and ranches that I think the only way that the next generation can take over is if we implement some of these. How do you see that and talk about some of those things that you're teaching that you feel as if matter enough that might be the difference between success and not on some of these farms and ranches? I think that if I could summarize that down to anything, it's allowing space to ask questions. In agriculture, I think it runs rampant of like, this is just the way we do it. This is the way my great grandpa did it, or this is the way my dad's always done it, or this is what has worked. And while that's, there's a lot of validity in evidence of something working over a period of time. The reality is our environment is changing, our political landscape is changing, our economy is changing, and the way in which we stay relevant is changing. I think especially our generation and below us is going to have to get really comfortable asking the hard questions of, well, why do we do that? And does that still make sense? And is there a better way? Or could we try this? Or how does this new thing fit in? And it's it's uncomfortable, especially when you're talking about intergenerational relationships. And that's where personal development can be so powerful in understanding how to have these hard conversations and how to deliver your point and having the self-awareness of how to navigate different circumstances to elicit change or at least open the door to those types of questions. Yeah, I think it really comes down to like, why is there a different way? And like reframing what success means. Like, are we chasing having the most acres or the highest ROI? But what does that... 
the highest acres or the highest yields. But what does that actually look like when you sit down with the numbers? What does your ROI look like? Like, are you growing, 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 but spending, spending, spending? Well, that's not necessarily the same as making more money. And so, you know, really taking a hard look at our operations as you would any business of what's working, what's not working, what changes can we try, what risks are we willing to take, and how are we willing to evolve to fit what the landscape looks like going forward? And I think a lot of it is fear. And I know personal development works a lot on fear Mm -hmm. and overcoming fear and sorting through fear. And one thing that I've really noticed is on TikTok, and I'm not like a famous person on TikTok at all. I get some pretty mean comments and I always have a conversation with my dad. I'm like, dad, I have 5,000 TikTok followers. I mean, again, we're, we're pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. basic level here. And I was asking him, you know, I was telling him about these people in the comments and he made a really interesting point. He said, could you imagine being that person's daughter? Mm. He said, if they can't even watch your TikTok, Mm -hmm. They're so afraid of the idea even coming through the screen at them. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what it's like sitting at the dining room table? Mm -hmm. And it really got me thinking because I have not lived in a culture of a family that is fearful of ideas. My dad has always been very good at let's try it. Let's risk it. Let's do that. And I think now more than ever, creativity and that softer side and that let's try it, let's play the devil's advocate and look at Mm -hmm. all the angles. I think now more than ever, we have to have that in agriculture. And I really admire that you focus on that and you teach that Mm -hmm. um, to women because I think the nice thing about being a woman in a household is we can control a lot of what the next generation is taught. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we forget how important that is. It's like we go through the mundane. I don't have kids yet, but I have nieces and nephews, right? We forget that we can tell them and we can teach them to be thinking outside the box, to Mm -hmm. be approaching situations different, to be handling fear differently. And I just wonder if we realize the impact of the change we're making in ourselves and how it's going to impact the next generation, Mm -hmm. I mean, multiple generations from here on out. Well, that's the thing is when, when anyone, but especially women, invest in their growth, it's a ripple effect. When we are the most filled, healed, compassionate versions of ourselves, you know, when, when we, we learn the ins and outs of our personality, when we start therapy, when we start holding boundaries, when we start all of these different things, like it's impossible to not spill out. And so that has an impact on the entire family that affects the farm that affects the community at a whole. Like I truly believe like at my core mission Investing in rural women is what will transform what it looks like to live in rural America from the inside out. Absolutely. You'll think this story is cute. I taught my nephew, who is, to describe him a little bit, he's seven, very brilliant. I mean, incredibly smart, almost too smart for his own good. I think he started reading at three or four. 
And he gets like all these emotions. Sometimes he can't handle it. So I taught him to stop, drop, and breathe where he puts his hands on his heart and he like crosses his legs. And I remember the first time he did it in front of my cowboy dad. (laughs) And he was like, I just have too many emotions. So he crossed his legs Mm -hmm. and he put his hands over his heart and he just took a couple deep breaths. Mm -hmm. And my dad kind of looked at me and he's like, what'd you teach him? And I was like, well, he was having too many emotions and he needed to calm down. And then my dad looked back at me and he said, you know what? He's never going to fly off the handle at a cow. He's Mm -hmm. never going to lose his temper in front of someone because what you're teaching him is to to recognize when he can't control himself anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting because my dad, right, he's wearing cowboy boots, cowboy hat, like he's not foo-foo at all. But he realized that that was something he never would teach his son and he mm-hmm. thought it was a little foo-foo, but I really appreciated that he saw something that was very foreign to him and he could recognize in the future when Jason could be able to use it and how it would be beneficial. And it was definitely a family win, but it just was one of those moments where I was like, okay, the work we've been doing as a family, the personal development and the growth that we've been doing, now multiple generations can see it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. So if uh, someone is listening to this and they feel kind of stuck, which... I think January is a pretty stuck month, right? It's like you set New Year's resolutions and then I don't know about you, but I set like huge goals and then sometimes I'm like, okay, and now where do I begin? What are some words of wisdom or some tips and tricks you have for people in just kind of taking the next step forward, kind of building some momentum and going towards new habits, new behaviors, Mm -hmm. making improvements in areas of their life? Yeah, I think the the first thing to take into consideration is like nothing is magical about January 1st. In fact, like January is a really hard month to start anything. It's like cold outside. Biologically speaking, we're supposed to be like hibernating. So take a deep breath. If you like set all of these expectations for what the year was going to look like and you're already feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind, like, okay, and literally any day of any month of the year you can take the opportunity to reflect on where you're at and make an action plan to move forward. And I think the most important thing in that process is, again, getting clear on what you actually want. A lot of times we we set this big goal, whether it's totally transforming our habits or a business goal or something with the farm or, or whatever, and we don't necessarily think like what it's going to take to get there or what the daily habits are going to have to be to match that. So thinking about like, what do you actually want? Is it a goal that you have set for yourself because someone else is doing it on Instagram and it looks cool? Is it something that your dad thinks is a good idea? Is it something that like your friend is doing so you feel like you should do it too? It's fine to get inspiration from other people, but get really clear on like, what do you actually want? And what do you actually need in this season? Being really compassionate and understanding where you're at And having the vision, of course, of where you're going to go, like I am a huge proponent of setting like the biggest goals and crushing them. But sometimes we have to get really honest on where we're at and then building that small baby step action plan to get there. And that's really what it comes down to is breaking down those things on the most simple level of, you know, so for example, if you're like, I'm going to start a business. Okay, I need a marketing plan. I need a website and I need this. And I, well, those are like 200 steps in one. (laughs) So like, what's the next 
first step to get you 1% closer. And even on a daily basis, thinking about like, what's one small step I can get closer? Because that that's how you build a wall. It's one brick at a time. You know, you don't just like wave your hands and have like a whole building together. It's one thing after the other. So I think getting really clear on what you want. And then another thing that I share a lot about is thinking, acting, talking, writing about that goal as if it's already true. So let's say your goal is to run a marathon. If you're saying, oh, I I want to, or someday, or I'm trying to, like your brain's automatically like, all right, we got more important stuff to worry about. We're going to push that off to the, the other side. But if you're saying to yourself, like, I am a marathon runner, your brain's like, oh, shoot, we got to figure this out. Like we got to buy the shoes. We got to sign up for the race. We got to make a training plan. So I think like anytime you're trying to grow into a new identity, just really owning the fact that you already are there in your mind. And so now we just need to figure out the ways to make that real life. Do you need a new website designed logo for your business or help with social media? Did you know that Kairos Company is a full service design and marketing company? We do everything from websites to logo designs, consulting, and social media. We'd love to support small rural businesses like yours. Reach out today at kroscompany.com backslash rural-business-marketing to get your quote. Is this something that you teach at the retreats that you hold? Yeah, so that's definitely part of it. Our Ascend retreats, my first one was back in November. My next one is coming up in March. I'm so excited. And really the intention for that retreat, first of all, is community and connection. We're all out here living in the middle of nowhere, okay? And I think a lot of the women that I work with oftentimes are the ones who can see a vision for what they want their life to look like. They have the goals or they they know that there is a level of intentionality that they'd like to bring into their world that they don't necessarily feel like everyone in their backyard has. So it's bringing together these like super smart, passionate, growth-focused, like-minded women together for a small group weekend of um, really just building together. Like I said, like, like I like to say, like your own personal board of directors. These are the women who deeply understand what your life is like, genuinely want to see you win, and are going to help walk with you every step of the way as you get there. But throughout the course of the weekend, we really take a deep dive at asking those kinds of questions. Like, what do you actually want? What do you want an average Tuesday to look like? What are your goals? And a lot of times, I think we can we can see 200 different possibilities, right? Especially if you're like a dreamer or a goal setter. You can see like all of these different possibilities, which can feel even more overwhelming because you're like, great, I know I can do anything. I know I can do all of that, but I can't do all of it at once. Like what's the next right step? And we feel crazy. And I think two hours with the right person and you got yourself way more clarity than spiraling out in your own head for three months, just speaking from personal experience. So, uh, you know, my coaches and I lead a series of workshops and small group mastermind type conversations and and one-on-one conversations to really go from this wide net vision casting to narrowing it down to like our top priorities and then even more specific on an actionable goal and then laying out the first steps to get there. Because it's one thing to leave a conference feeling so inspired and fired up and then you get home and you have to be your laptop and you're like, 
now what? I want everyone to go home with here are my next five things I need to do to get the ball rolling. But then in addition to that, we take a a really deep dive on like, what are some of the things you need to let go of? What is no longer serving you? What are those mindset pieces that are holding you back? Like, where's this hang up that's keeping you feeling stuck? And maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's a job or maybe it's something else that needs to change. So we really take a holistic view of looking at where your life is right now, identify the vision for where you're going, and then laying out the steps to get there. And you, you're you hosting your second one in March. And then do you have another one planned after that? I don't have the next date set yet. One of the things I'm really working on this year is thinking about like, what do I want 2023 to look like? I started my business at the very end of 2021 officially. And so last year was a whirlwind of starting a podcast, um, launching the website, getting into you know, public speaking, hosting my first retreat, like hosting virtual masterminds, like I did so many things that I imagined. And I'm really proud of that. But now as I'm looking at a fresh new year, I am really trying to be aware of my energy. It's one thing I've been working with a lot of my therapists of like, just because I I know I can do the thing, like what does it look like to plan this out in a way that really fuels my soul and prevents me from burnout? I'm in Enneagram 3, so I'm like, let's jump in and figure it out. And then all of a sudden I have 12 projects going on at once and I'm like, oh, I may have made a mistake. <laughs> so I don't have a date set yet. My intention is there will likely be a fall retreat, but there's also some other ideas that I have. So I know that I care a lot about bringing real women together. It's why my podcast is called Gather and Growth. I just, I am a community builder. I thrive on just like connecting the right people and then watching them fly together. And so I know that whatever I do will be some element of bringing my community together in physical or virtual spaces because we can just go so much further, faster together. I'm an Enneagram 8, so I know very similarly what you are saying in all of those aspects. And I think community is so important, especially just finding women that understand that are sort of in the trenches. And that has been something that I have really found to be a challenge in rural America is to find like almost level playing field women. And I don't know how you say that in a nice way, but that (laughs) that is something that has been a big challenge. And I know that the women that you are bringing together, that Mm -hmm. is something that you are very intentional about is kind of bringing a group of women together that all can lean on each other. And Mm -hmm. it's a give and take versus a, you know, give all versus, you know, getting some back in return. Right. And although a lot of people are pursuing a lot of different things, there's that through line of being really passionate about growing from the inside out. You know, there's there's this through line of just like, I see a vision for my life that's different than just like going through the motions and checking all of the boxes. Like I did all that and it was fine, but like I know I'm made for more. And more doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to start this business. Although like, if you want to go, go for it. Like I get so fired up when I see people that's like, I don't have any dreams. I just want to live on 80 acres and have chickens and homeschool my children and live this kind of life. And I'm like, that that's literally a dream on purpose. You are choosing something that no one else around you has ever done before. And you are fully embodying and stepping into it. That is a big dream. 
And so I just love bringing together these women who see their own version of a vision for what their life is like that's maybe different than what they've ever known. Absolutely. Well, I've loved this conversation. It's been really fun to watch you and follow you on social media and watch you build this community. Tell all the Cattleman You podcast listeners where they can find you and where you hang out the most. Absolutely. I am most active on Instagram. I have TikTok. I scroll TikTok more than I post on TikTok, <laughs> although I hear it's the next frontier, but... Ugh. But yes, I am at Emily Rushel, E-M-I-L-Y-R-E-U-S-C-H-E-L on Instagram and Facebook. Website is emilyrushel.com. And my podcast available on all platforms is called Gather in Growth. Great. Thank you so much for joining. Again, I think you're doing great things for rural women and we are honored to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Likewise. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Cattleman You podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember the grass is greener where you water it.